And now, friends, here's today's word. The members of the Uncontrolled Airspace podcast are participating as private individuals. Their comments do not necessarily represent the views of the various organizations they work with. Also, anything you hear on this podcast that sounds like advice on aircraft operation is obviously very general. You should always consider your own situation, remember your training, and fly the airplane. But I bet you knew that. Welcome to Oshkosh, and welcome to episode number 92 of Uncontrolled Airspace, the General Aviation Podcast. We're recording this episode on Wednesday evening, July 30th, 2008, and we're coming to you from on location from the flight line of EAA AirVenture Oshkosh 2008. We're here again as guests of EAA Radio who have welcomed us into their studios, and we're broadcasting this live on their radio frequencies and on the internet. And for those of you who listened to last year's episode from Oshkosh, we are back to one of our favorite spots in the world. We're on the deck of the EAA, EAA Radio Building, which is out on the flight line here at AirVenture, and is the building closest to the air show runway. Let me quickly set the scene for you here. As I said, we're right out here on the flight line. We're amongst the uh, the uh, uh, leftover crowd from the air show, which just ended. Uh, we were just treated to uh, what is perhaps the loudest air show act in the history of the world. Uh, the uh, the Harrier just just did its demonstration flights, which is just just brutally loud. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And Jeb and Dave are both here going, what? What? What'd you say? Uh, the crowd is breaking up and starting to uh, filter out of here after the air show. There, it's uh, We're early in the week. It's only day three of, uh, of AirVenture. So there's still lots and lots of airplanes here. And we're going to talk a little bit about those and, and about some of the things that have already taken place at this year's event. Um, as always, just thrilled to be here. Let me say hi to the other folks here in the hangar. Uh, we've got uh, Jeb Burnside is with us, as usual, and Dave Higdon is here. Hi, guys. How you doing? I got a Nikon camera. I love to take the photographs. <laughs> Dave recently informed me that he starts every episode of the song. I'm going to have to go back and listen to all the old tapes. and. and well, I'm not hearing Jeb. I'm not hearing me either. There, there, there he is. There we go. There we go. You sure this is an improvement? What? Yeah, well, it's what we it's what we promised everyone. So oh, okay, gonna, yeah. okay, yeah. Uh, so I'm going to cut together all his singing and uh, and make a, a, a very special. Why, why couldn't his mic not be the one? That <laughs> <laughs> it's in my contract. Yeah. Oh, okay. So how are you guys doing? You have fun yet? Yeah. Uh, how can you not have fun? Yeah, here? it's Seriously. it's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome um, every year, and uh, there have been some good stuff. There's been a few things that kind of fizzled, but uh, there's yeah, been some really excellent yeah. stuff already, and we're only on day three. So yeah, you, uh, when you when you raise expectations to a really high level and you don't meet them, uh, it tends to come back yeah, at you. But there's only been one or two of those. And, yeah, that's uh, true. You know, you gotta. You well, know. And, and one of them was supposed to be repeating today, but um, no, no, I think it was supposed to repeat tomorrow. Is it tomorrow? This is you're talking about the jetpack. Right. All right, let's talk about the jet. Pack. Let's talk about the jet. Pack. The jet. Pack. <clears throat> all right. First of all, here's my question: What? Where was the jet in this whole thing? <laughs> there, there's no jet here. Um, Regular listeners will know okay. this is the thing that Dave was hot to fly. All right. Now the you Martin, still the Martin jetpack. Yeah. Are you yeah. still hot to fly? I'm still hot to fly. I, I wouldn't mind absolutely. flying. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it flies. It's, so it's, Dave's hot to fly. Right. Well, there's know. that too. Right. I mean, I'd fly to the grocery store, and that would be really good for flying <laughs> to the grocery store. Uh, the uh, the, 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 the build-up on this was a jetpack with longer duration uh-huh. and runs on just gas what? and is ultralight legal. And, uh, well, it met all those 
parameters. Except, except there was no actually, jet. There's no jet. It's actually kind of a, a fan pack. Right. Okay, picture, if you will, and you'll see pictures of this on the AirVenture to, uh, AirVenture.org website on the AirVenture Today stuff uh, from when it flew yesterday. But it's a two-cycle engine powering two great big ducted fans that point down. Yep. And the instant we heard it fire up, it's kind of like, that doesn't sound very James Bond-like, but <laughs> it did get off the ground, and uh, we, we understand that it's going to be flying again. I heard them uh, sounded like they were test running it this morning. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they fouled a plug. Uh, all credit to them. They're really trying hard to do something here that's yeah, not it, been done before. It, it, this is this is the, the prime example of oversold expectations. Yeah. When when you advertise something as a quote jetpack. And you hark back to the uh, uh, the real jetpack that was developed in the 60s. That, that would made, fly about 90 seconds. Yeah, that would fly about 90 seconds. It was made po less than that. I think it was 22 seconds. It was made uh, uh, entered popular culture in one of the James Bond movies, mm -hmm. um, and was was all over uh, you know 60s television as you know you know one of the latest things. And they bring it here, and it, what it looks like is basically a drum kit on a guy's back. Because that's where the fans are ducted in these in these uh, round uh, cylindrical yeah. uh, objects. Nacelles, and I'd call them nacelles. Nacelles is a good good right. word for oversized it. conga drums. Right o there. Oversized conga drums, left and right, and they and were then, beating the air into submission. That's right. and, and as one who has more than one two-stroke motorcycle, you know, it, it sounds great to me. Yeah. Yeah, um, but it's not what was advertised. And my uh, favorite was what was the Avweb headline? Uh, uh, sort of fa uh, jetpack, sort of flies. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And it got what five feet off the ground? No, not even that. No. Yeah, yeah. It was, and it was tethered at the time. So, yeah, there were so, two two gentlemen yeah. helping maintain uh, right. weight and balance, and uh, I, I'm not sure that they weren't there to keep him from vaulting into the air yeah, above I the know, crowd. Really, so, I really, yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah. it was Go, a noble effort. We're that. still yeah. hoping yep. that when we come back at the end of the show that yes. we'll be able to say, boo-wah, baby, that puppy it, really flies. Yeah, now exactly. apparently it's supposed to fly at the, uh, out sort of more in show center tomorrow at the end of the air show. Thursday, I thought, is what they said. Okay, I'll have to recheck. Yeah. Anyways, What's that yeah. newspaper we work for? But let's talk, about, let's talk about a couple of cool things that have happened uh -huh. already this, this week. Um, and I'm just going to pick two that are, that are cool to me. Um, and then we're going to bring in a couple of our friends. But... Uh, the Red Bull Helicopter Aerobatic Act, which yeah. is just astounding. Now, Dave, I understand you've seen it. Yeah. I, 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 I did not get a chance to see it. I've, I've seen video of something similar. This helicopter is doing things that I didn't think physically a helicopter was able to do. Well, I think it's, I think it's genetically linked to the bumblebee, which is uh, a lot of people have learned in science is not aerodynamically capable of flying. But since it doesn't know that, yeah. it does it anyway. They, the, the, the promo photo that they got in the program shows it sort of at the top of a loop. And so I said, okay, it can do a loop because I've read that, that you know, theoretically, if you do it right, you can loop a helicopter because all the loading. You just got to keep it positively loaded. loaded. Right. So I'm thinking, okay, that's cool. So I came out the other day when it was doing its act, and I walked out here, and I saw it just as it was finishing the loop. And I'm going, oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. But it would be really cool if it did a roll, and it proceeded to do a roll. Yeah. All right? You could do a 1G roll, too. So it, it, it was more of a barrel roll right. kind of thing. But right. it did a barrel roll, and then it was doing, like, you know, hammerheads, and it was doing it was just doing amazing stuff. It, it was yeah. just, it doing stuff that I, I don't typically do in, in, in a fixed-wing aircraft and can't can't conceive doing in in a, uh, in, in, a, in a machine that has to beat the air into submission to fly. Right. Yeah. So, so that was pretty cool. Jeb, you got to go and check it out. Make sure you I, find I it. I will. Are they, are they flying it again this week? I, have, I don't have the schedule in my head, but it I think it's most every day. It flew again today. And, yeah. Uh, 
My only my only wish was that they had a smoke system on it. <laughs> because it would really exactly. give you the sense of what it was doing. Yeah, exactly. that would really chop up the air. Yeah. Uh-huh. Before we move to the other thing, it's cool. Let's welcome uh, Amy Laboda into the, I don't know what to call it. It's not exactly a virtual hangar. It's an actual deck at AirVenture. Uh-huh. Hi, Amy. How you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you very much. It's the end of the day, and the deadlines have been met, and yeah. the sky is blue. Here, here. You know. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Right. Now, if Dave is the busiest guy at Oshkosh, you are the second busiest guy at Oshkosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. No, no, I think. No, Sorry, I think, I think, busy, busiest I think Tom, Tom Pope Resney is the busiest guy. Well, anyway, Amy is incredibly busy. You're involved in all sorts of things here. Tell, tell us a little bit about some of the things you've already been involved with and more to come, right? Well, it's it's Women Venture, right, yeah. this week? Um, so we did uh, Women's Store, which is actually four years old, is an initiative wow. to uh, interest young girls. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, folks. We have an audience. Okay. They've actually dragged up chairs, and they're sitting down here in front of us here. Can you actually hear us down there? Oh, you, oh they're listening. Oh, man, technology, isn't it great? They're li- it they've really got the is. little radios down there, and they're listening to us on the radio. I don't see any beer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Amy. We're a women's sore. We're, we're still on the flight line, hon. Yeah. <laughs> women's sore. Women's that's that's so, why. Anyhow, Women's Sore is a four-year-old initiative. We've been trying to interest young girls, the teenage girls, in aviation and aerospace. Mm-hmm. And this happens over at the museum and at the University of Wisconsin and then back out here on the field. Uh, we're learning every year. Uh, one of the things that I think we're beginning to discover is that a lot of these 13- and 14-year-old girls are not that much older than the kids who are down there playing at Kid Venture mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. having an absolute blast. And you know, Kid, Kid Venture is 10 years old yeah. now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. that's been a terrific initiative. Um, and we are discovering that the more hands on, the less sit and talk, the happier people are. Yeah. So we expect that uh, the Women's Soar initiative will go on next year, probably Sunday, Monday, um, and be even more fun than this year. So we're hoping people will come back. Then we've got Women Venture, which has been happening all week, Mm -hmm. which is uh, Monday night we had Lane Wallace and some wasps through modern-day carrier pilots and uh, different people, uh, Bessie Coleman at Reenactor, on the stage. That was a lot of fun, talking about the different possibilities for women in aviation. And um, Friday morning we've got a big breakfast that we're having at the Nature Center. And then we are doing a conglomeration picture of all the women pilots at Air Venture this year wow. in Aeroshell Square at 10.30 in the morning. That's going to be cool. So if you know somebody who qualifies for that picture, get them out there. We'll get them in a pink shirt, and we'll get them on Aeroshell Square Very and get their picture you guys documented. Buc- you all you, bucking to be our traffic controllers with those pink shirts? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I didn't pick the shirts, man. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> well, we should we should paint a little yeah. word picture yeah. here. Yeah, okay? what's going on here? We've got about two and a half miles of 1836 and airplanes up and down from, from stem to stern. The vintage campground, vintage aircraft parking is, is close to full. The North 40 campground, which is over 50 acres on one side of the runway, uh, it's pretty close to full. The exceptions being some low spots that have still not recovered from the heavy rains Wisconsin mm-hmm. had in June. Uh, a whole lot of the dire expectations of, of some of the folks out in right. the world 
that this was going to be a wasteland that was going to be visibly down. Mm -hmm. uh, so far, folks, uh, if you stayed home because you didn't think it was going to be happening here, you're missing out. Yeah. We had Boeing's Dream Lifter. Yep. That's a converted 747 freighter that's going to be used to, or that is being used to haul 787 parts from different parts of the world. It came in Monday evening. Uh, we had the Cirrus Jet make its public debut here today. It's on the ramp. Uh, got the Goodyear blimp back over at Pioneer mm -hmm. Airport. Uh, that's just, it's, you know. Yeah, yeah we're, we're, gonna, we're standing out here a couple hundred yards from 1836. Off in the distance is Warbirds, and there are just about every size and shape of uh, former military aircraft you can think of down there. And the chair, chair, chairman of the Warbirds uh, area told me today that they've got an extremely strong crowd. Tom Poperesny told us that their advanced registrations were running ahead. They're up around 300 Warbirds here, yeah. and one of the most marvelous collection of Mustangs and Hurricanes. Well, and you do know they were turning airplanes away from camping on Monday. No, I didn't know that. Up. I didn't know that. Well, I didn't know that. One of the reasons we're going to have to come back here. We're, we're going to have to come back. We'll be back in a little bit. You're listening to a very special episode of Uncontrolled Airspace. For those of you listening live here in Oshkosh or on the internet, we do a new episode of this podcast every week, and we'd love to have you listen with us, join us, and listen in in the future. And you can do that by going to our website at www.uncontrolledairspace.com or by searching for us in Google or in the iTunes Music Store. And remember that you don't need an iPod to listen to podcasts. You can enjoy them on any portable music device or on your desktop or laptop computer. We'll be back with more. You're listening to a special episode of Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. This is EAA Radio, AM 1210 Oshkosh, on the web at airventure.org. Welcome back to a special episode of Uncontrolled Airspace. We're out here on the deck uh, at the, on the flight line at AirVenture 2008. So, Amy, every, for like two weeks now, every time you and I talk about you, you coming on and joining us here on the deck, uh, you, you keep saying, yeah, because I need to talk about this. This is just making me furious. And uh, you're, you're, <laughs> let, let me preface this by saying, and I think it's related, uh, I've been really enjoying your little builder reports on the Kit Planes blog, talking about your, your IV, RV-10. So, obviously, you, you and Barry are really hooked into the whole home builders uh, movement and, and very, very... Well, that's their sec that's second our airplane, second right? airplane. So, yes, yeah. I could, I could say that we're becoming serial builders. You're very concerned about the... <laughs> no, no, I'm not going there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, go ahead, Jack. But, uh, and she's not talking about a product from General Mills. But you're, you're very tuned in and very concerned about where we are with the development of this new 51% rule. Is that correct? That is correct. I am, I'm concerned, and I'm not the only one out there who is. Oh. And the, in the last couple of months, I've had the opportunity to talk to some kit plane manufacturers who are basically dead in the water. Yeah. And they're dead in the water because they, they did not get in under the wire and get their kit certified right. as a 51% certified kit right. by and the FAA. And before you go into what's, yes. what's broken about what thing, give us two paragraphs on what the 51% rule ideally is. Okay. Basically, the idea is that the builder actually did 51% of the work. More than half. They More than half. And, and, and here's the thing. The rule about what makes an experimental home-built aircraft is that it was built by a builder at home Very or in common. a shop. It's an amateur-built machine. It was not built by a professional or a factory. And it was built for recreation and education. This is how the rule is written. 
okay? Yep. And that they did 51% of the work. Assembly and fabrication is all one thing. It doesn't mix or match. What has happened is the FAA has said, we're really uncomfortable with some of the things that are being called home-built aircraft out there today. That we do not feel, hang on a second, there they go. That's the JetBlue jet uh, aircraft. It's a JetBlue yeah. EMB-190 from Embraer, mm -hmm. and oh, okay. you can barely hear it go by. Taking off right yeah. in front of us, climbing, climbing out to the north on, uh, on uh, what, Much 36. quieter yeah. than so the carrier. Yeah, so so the, so the, so they, the FAA has become concerned that, that there are aircraft out there that are not being built in the spirit or the regulation of the rule. Mm-hmm. And they said, we really need to re-examine this. We need to look at some of the quick-build kits that have come along. We feel like perhaps they're a little bit too much just assembly and no building going on. A little on. bit okay. too quick. A little bit too quick. Is That's that initial exactly concern right. justified? Uh, there are some interesting things going on in the, in, in the home-building industry. And... Uh, there are some people who perhaps are building machines and just selling okay. them. So yes, yes. But, they've, but they've apparently gotten a little carried away in redoing the rules. Well, here's the thing. We don't really understand what happened. Uh -huh. Because they said we're going to grandfather in everybody who's been certified before. They don't need to worry. And then they came out with an NPRM about a week and a half ago that says basically that the builder should do 20% of the fabrication now mm -hmm. that means you make it. You make you make the part you from make raw material. The part from raw materials and twenty percent of the assembly, and we are going. We have this hundred and eighty-seven point um, checklist, and either you made it, and you get the point, or you purchased it, or somebody else made it, and you get a point taken away, mm -hmm. which makes it very difficult to get to fifty-one percent. Yep of the completion because things on the list include an engine, an engine mount, yeah. a propeller. It's it's silliness. Yeah. I'm well, it's not carving my propeller. It's it is silliness and uh, the uh, uh, one of the most atrocious aspects of this NPRM is the ridiculously short 30-day comment well, period that they that's propose. Thank you. That's the first this thing is a that major they're going to change in an advisory circular because that's where the 51% rule came from. It was an AC years ago. And they give a 30-day comment period. Uh, you, you know, you barely got time to digest the 181 points right. that they're talking about. Second, it's, it's so representative of if we can think it, we should do it right. with no reflection on the impact of it or what it means. Right. Yeah. So, so is this just routine foolishness, or is there some, you know... There is no such thing as routine well, foolishness. Is, this, is someone got an agenda here? Someone's got an agenda here, yeah. and... Um, a lot of it has to do with the concept of turboprop-powered, turbine-powered home belts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are uh, some coming onto the market, already on the market. The uh, uh, FAA has uh, um, expressed great concern over the dire consequences uh, uh, of such actions. Uh, they're, they're basically wringing their handkerchief here. Um, who put them up to this is another question, um, but what, what the FAA is doing in the most recent uh, uh, version of this NPRM, and we get momentarily distracted here as airplanes start, going fly, start flying by, what the FAA is doing here is like, with things like the 30-day comment period, they're going to say, oh, well, 
um, sure, for you poor industry folks, we can extend this. And that gives them a chit uh, in, in, the, in, the political, in the politics of all of this. Yeah. Uh, which they have done or will do by design. Yeah. Um, there's, there, there's no escaping the fact that there has, as Amy alluded to, there has grown up a little cottage industry, if you will, under the rubric builder assistance. Yep. And there are some excellent companies doing excellent builder's assistance. They come in, they work with you, you do the work, they help you inspect it. When you get hung up, they help you out. And importantly, that's a safety, that's a feature, that's it's not a absolutely. bug. That's right. That's a safety, uh, uh, people are trying to build an airplane, they need some professional assistance. Um, there's nothing, there shouldn't be anything wrong with that. Yeah, but then we've had shops where they're, the person buys the kit, it gets delivered to the shop, they go to work on it, they you know, the, 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 the joke, the nod, nod, wink, wink is that they take a few pictures of themselves, they change shirts, they take a few more pictures of themselves, supposedly documenting how they're building the airplane. Right. Uh, you know, it's one of those where you better be resetting the clock and the calendar right. on the wall right. because somebody's going to notice. Right. Yeah. So, Amy, I know you've got to run. Why don't you wrap this up for us? What's to be done? What's to be done is comment, comment, comment. All right, fine. S- submit comments to the comment comment process uh, the process that's exactly I'm right go on to the yes. go on to the FAA website yep. and type in NPRMs type in get built and you can actually enter your comment and you can right enter there enter your that's comment right. right there let them know how outrageous this is and, and these comments don't need to be technical in nature right it no. can just be I oppose or I exactly okay we Absolutely. think you're being silly okay. might be a little bit flip but we think you're not taking into full account all the ramifications of what you're doing, and we really need more time to talk about it. And why don't you guys go back to the drawing board and come up with something sane? Yeah. Right. Okay. Absolutely. Hey, thanks, Amy, for taking a few minutes and joining you us here. It's, so it's always welcome. a pleasure to have us join us in the hangar, and we'll talk to you next time. Okay. You Say got hello it. to thanks, Amy. Barry for us. Tell, tell Barry hello. Yeah. Bye bye. Okay. So, David, we've got a couple of, here's your, one of your favorite airplanes in the world out there, Absolutely right? one of my favorite airplanes in the world, the Air Cam. Uh-huh, just taxied in from, uh, did it actually land? I wasn't watching. Yeah, no, he actually landed. He landed, and yeah. he's taxied right in in front of us here, and uh, yeah. he's probably getting ready to be taken to parking, I guess. And right? I'm trying to get a good view here. I, I should just pick up a camera and look, but it looks like <laughs> it might be Phil Lockwood who designed it, created the ah, Air Cam. okay. The Air Cam is a twin-engine pusher parasol wing that was spun off of a, uh, an ultralight design called the Drifter. National Geographic needed a photo platform for a mission in Africa. Phil came up with this in a breakdown form. They carried it into the jungle. They assembled it on a sandbar. They were flying it off a few hundred feet on Rotax 582 two-strokes. Yep. The modern incarnation's got a monocoque fuselage. It's all riveted. Uh, the wing's much stronger. You get it now with a pair of 100-horse Rotaxes. Ooh, ooh. ooh wee baby. Uh, I'll tell you what, it'll put you into the nosebleed seats so fast your nose will bleed. <laughs> uh, and its single-engine handling is so ridiculously easy that even a guy who's not really wild about twins like me could learn to turn it left and right, climb it at 1,000 feet a minute on one engine shut down, uh, and it's quiet. We motored around Sebring, Florida with the engines idle, or just above flight idle, at about 60 miles an hour, and it was so quiet, it didn't even disturb the shorebirds. Uh, that's great. Now, you were also excited about an airplane over here. Which one? That the, pusher. The, the pusher. Prescott here. Pusher. The Pusher. Now, to my eye, it looks 
people are maybe familiar with like the the beady design, the yeah, sort of. That's uh, not a beady. Well, it's not it's a beady, but it has that has a similar look, that sort of little yeah. bullet shaped kind of thing. The, with, uh, the the Prescott Pusher came out of the Wichita uh, and Hutchinson, Kansas area, and it was a very clever idea. You bought the individual kits. They came in crates that, when you opened them up, the crates doubled as the jigs. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, and as often happens with really visionary designs, it's a four-place retractable airplane uh, designed to go over 200 miles an hour, uh, but overextended, undercapitalized, things didn't work out as well. Uh, I don't think there are more than a half a dozen of them flying, and it's really rare to see one as pretty as this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Joining us now on the deck is uh, another old friend of the podcast, uh, Craig Barnett is here. Hi, Craig. Craig of uh, Scheme Designers. Pleasure as always. Yes. They took away your airplane. One of your designs was yeah. right down in front yeah. here. Oh, that's uh, okay. There's another one sitting right there. Which one? The uh, the little tail drag over there, the red one. Oh, cool. What is that? You're going to stump me because I can't remember the name. <laughs> <laughs> is that a Sukhoi? No, no, it's not. It's a kettle plate. This oh, okay. The one with the maroon nose? Is that yeah, the one correct. you're talking about? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's got the Russian engine in it, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's got a Russian engine. The Vindinho, which But for, for really me, wandering around the field all over the place is pleasure because I, I see stuff we've worked on all uh -huh. the time. And it's, you know, this is the only forum and location I get to see the results of the work we do yeah. in terms of paint scheme designs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, that makes it a lot of fun yeah, to great. be here. That's great. You seen anything here that really juiced you that you hadn't seen before? Well, there's a couple of airplanes out in the display that really did get me kind of excited. Did they? Tell us um, about them. And they weren't kit-built planes or warbirds. They were converted GA twins to uh, turboprops. Uh -huh. And uh, I think they're incredible conversions. Oh. The one's a Cessna 340 that is done by... Uh, uh, the guys who do the, the P210 conversion. They, they did the, the single turbine engine in the nose? No, not that one. one. They've oh, okay. replaced both uh, engines with uh, um, turboprop okay. engines. Are these Rolls engines? It's uh, Allison Rolls engines. Okay. It's uh, um, by, uh, I'm having a mental block. But uh, it's the guys We've who do the P210, the that, Silver so. Eagle. The S Silver Eagle guys, there you go. And uh, that plane, I think, really, really benefits from a uh, having a turboprop in. Right. Um, listening to all the clients I have who run uh, Cessna 340s on piston mm -hmm. engines. Mm -hmm. And the other one is the same scenario, but taking the Beach Duke airframe, which is from sure. Rocket Engineering. And sure. uh, the Beach Duke has always been one of the most aggressively styled uh, planes oh, yeah. out there that yeah. I've salivated for forever. And, and, uh, and the Duke and still looks futuristic after all these ex years. Exactly. Yeah, and the Duke has very troublesome engines, very expensive to overhaul too. Absolutely. I've got several clients that own them and it's not for the faint of wallet. Right. Yeah. So uh, um, they've put a, Rocket Engineering's put a pair of PT6s on it and mm -hmm. to me that uh, has to be one of the most incredible planes yeah. to own we and, and wish fly. Wish you folks could see this. We got a trio of RVs <laughs> just took off in a in a uh, in, in formation off three six, headed east over toward the lake. Yep. Uh, well, you know, it's interesting standing up here right near the runway. Um, at the end of nearly every day, this is where I end uh -huh, up because, uh -huh. to me, watching not all the air show performers. And not all the brand new planes, but just the guys who fly in and come in and land. I love oh watching yeah. them take off and land. Yeah. yeah, yeah, never get tired of it. And that's that's one of the great things about being out here on the deck. And again, we have to thank our friends at EAA Radio for this opportunity. Yep, yep. 
So, Craig, I, I first met you when uh, you joined us a few years back uh, to our annual sushi uh, <laughs> dinner. And uh, um, and in addition to admiring the designs that you do, you, you come from uh, quite the aviation family and background, right? Uh, yes, I, I grew up in an airplane. Yep. <laughs> so uh, I always tell people I grew up in the back of an ASDEC. Um, that explains that's so much. <laughs> yeah. So where did you grow up? Tell us just a little bit about I, I grew up in South Africa. I was born in uh, Johannesburg. Uh -huh. And um, my uh, father was an avid aviator from the time he was 14. He lied about his age and got his pilot's license at 14. Uh -huh. And uh, was an aeronautical, is an aeronautical engineer. Um, and has always owned a whole series of planes, including the Aztec, which I grew up in. And more importantly, he was one of the first people in the world to build and restore a, a, a Spitfire. Mm -hmm. Back at a time when there were just about seven of them, or between seven and nine, I can't remember the exact number, flying in the world, all original uh, Spitfires flying from, from the war. And uh, he spent nine years rebuilding one from scratch and owned it for many, many years and flew it all over the place. Yeah. So I come from that kind of privilege where I was able to be around that those types of aircraft and that certainly is a, a wonderful way to have uh, grown up. Yeah. We're going to come back. We want to talk. I want to hear more about that and we're going to talk more about the things we've seen here at AirVenture this week. Uh, we will be back with more. You're listening to a special episode of Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. back with a special episode of Uncontrolled Airspace. What, this is that electric airplane, isn't it, that's t taxiing out here, or is it just a... No, uh, that's, no, that's a, that's a Mone. But do, is isn't that the, mo the, the the airframe that they're adding? It's very similar, and it's from the same designer. Okay. okay. It's a very, very small airplane, very low to the ground, one-seater with a V-tail, and uh, uh, it's a little well, tail dragger. What kind of engine does that have in it? I couldn't tell you on this one. The original Moni uh, had a little four-cylinder. Okay. Uh, it was a mono-gear, V-tail. VW engine? Uh, no. Uh, small boy, that's a long time back. They haven't made them in a while. It's from uh, John Manette's factory, which is just uh -huh. within eyesight across the field here. Yeah. They now make the Sonex line. And right. Yeah. Another big story here this week uh, was uh, the, uh, well, remotely, was the rollout of White Knight 2 mm -hmm. over in Mojave, California, and then uh, Burt Rutan and, uh, and uh, Sir Richard, Richard Branson. Uh, it is Richard, right? Yes. Sir Richard Branson, that's things. the man. Sir Richard Branson, God bless him, uh, is, uh, came here the next day. They were here on, I believe it was Tuesday, and they talked to a crowd and told some, some uh, just gave us some great news about the progress of that, that project, and it's... It's what little they'd tell us about the future. Bert's very close-lipped about these kinds of things. But it uh, was a jaw-dropper in a way. Yeah. Uh, they announced that they were going to do, for those of you who may not be familiar, uh, this is the team that gave us a successful Spaceship mm -hmm. One and won the X Prize a few years ago. Uh, so they built Sir Richard's funded uh, Virgin Galactic. We're about to get a, an eclipse on the, uh, on, the, on the podcast, taxing by. That's another story. Uh, <laughs> yes, indeed. They've now built a four-engine twin fuselage, White Knight 2. Again, you can see photographs of this on the AirVenture website. Uh, it will be dropping uh, Spaceship 2, which will be carrying paying passengers into uh, not orbit, but into the edge of space. Yeah. They'll be weightless. They'll be up there for a few minutes and back again. And they announced that they're going to do their actual first commercial flight of this Virgin Galactic operation from here at AirVenture Oshkosh 2009. 
Well, no, did they say they were going to do it next year? They're they going to do it at some time in the future. Nothing, they, yeah, nothing like a little pressure. Yeah, I don't. They're going to do it in I, I thought they said two thousand. I think he said White Knight Two would be here next year. Okay. okay. I think he said whenever the time comes, they will do that okay. first launch I from stand here. Corrected. Because Bert would never say, "I'm going to do it in a year." He wouldn't do that. Yeah. He's, he's very smart about these things. But that's a big story and very exciting. And uh, the part of the story I thought that I had never heard before um, it was that they're saying that this uh, White Knight Two aircraft not only can can sling these uh, uh, space, spaceship twos into uh, suborbital, but it can throw uh, smaller payloads sure. into uh, low Earth orbit, yeah. into actual orbit. Yeah. And they are even fantasizing about a craft that they could take one human being into low Earth orbit, which is kind of interesting. Low if it's an ultralight, I'll, I'll yeah, low We Earth, know you'll fly anything that'll yeah. fly. So Low Earth orbit or like, you know, a parabolic path, because if he's going to go into low Earth orbit, he's not going to come yeah, back. Yeah, well, they weren't very specific. They okay. just said into orbit, is what they said. <coughs> okay. And in other places, they said they used the term low One Earth One other orbit. little piece of industry news that didn't occur here, but it sure rippled through the place. Piper Aircraft made the first yes. flight of their Piper jet today down yeah. in Vero Beach, Florida. I had Florida. heard that. Okay, yeah. So uh, hats off to them. That's what we were told today. They offered us some video and uh, for the to do a screen grab for AirVenture today, the newspaper. But... Apparently, we couldn't make something usable out of that. <laughs> but, uh, boy, there's plenty going on here that we don't have to get too far off campus to that's, be talking that's about That's true. It. But hats off to Piper for, yes, uh, for uh, getting that milestone in the, in the can, as it were. Um, it's going to be an interesting market here in three or four years. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Craig, what else have you seen that you thought was interesting here? Well, uh, interestingly enough, one of the things that I've seen I put in my panel. Okay. What's oh, that? The most interesting thing that uh, that I've found avionics-wise is Aspen. Yeah. Uh -huh. And I'm one of the fortunate guys to get one of the first ones and yeah. put it in my panel. It, describe this device. It, is, it, is it installed this and run, working and everything? It's installed and running. This Excellent. Replaces my. Uh, Where's your airplane park? We're going there later. Yeah, we're, uh, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're stealing it actually, Craig. <laughs> Thank I, you. I already took Amy flying <laughs> this morning. Oh, that's right. That's right. You guys that's did right. go flying. We yeah. went to to try out the Aspen. Uh huh. Um, so you like it. The system's incredible. It replaced my HSI and my artificial horizon and did away with the turn So it takes up two takes slots, up two slots. So the, the, the center two that are aligned vertically. Correct. And it slides right in. The artificial horizon got moved as a backup down and one left of the normal T. The um, turn coordinator disappears. And uh, I already had a backup altimeter, so with that altimeter, I now have three in my plane. Yep. Mm -hmm. So I really know how high I am. <laughs> um, and, you know, I imagine the first Not time... Not going there either. <laughs> <laughs> this is live we're gonna radio. Leave, we're going to leave that one alone for now. <laughs> I take that back. Uh, so, so you're I, liking it. It worked. I liked it. What was it interesting, I picked it up on quite a grungy day, and I had to take off right into IFR conditions and... Uh, I was a little concerned that I didn't uh, get trained well on the system before I um, That was off. my question, because yeah. I, was, I was looking at one of these things in, the, in one of the exhibit halls this afternoon, and I was just lost. I mean, there's so much information on this well, screen. Well, my fear was when I went to the booth last year and watched them push buttons and demonstrate what it does, that I would have a, a fairly long learning curve, longer than, say, the Garmin 530 that I put in the panel. But I have to tell you... Maybe on the first takeoff, I did glance at the old airspeed indicator and the old altimeter once. But after two minutes, I was completely plugged into the Aspen system. The gauges are so clear. The buttons are so few and so user-friendly that it became a no-brainer. It's 
after an hour it was like I'd had the system in the aircraft the entire time and I've never flown with anything that looks like an EFA screen before so this was a first for me and coming out uh, to Oshkosh that was very interesting because I got to use the system for a long time and have it fly the plane with the autopilot and talk to the GPS and do all of that stuff and it just makes it so much easier everybody should have one and really for the cost with trading in the instruments that I took out I ended up you know, well under $10,000 with such a sophisticated really? system. Really? Okay. And it's, it's hard to believe that, that yeah. it's out there and available. Yeah. So my hats off go to, to Aspen. And just to give us some context, what kind of airplane do you have? It's you a Turbo 182RG. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, oh, you know, 79 model, and it's now got a panel that makes me feel like I've got a brand new plane. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's, that's Garmin very cool. announced this week they got certification on their G600 uh -huh. panel, which is a light Re version of the 1000 for the retrofit market. Mm -hmm. Honeywell unveiled some new goodies from the Bendix King line, including a new electronic flight bag and uh, some more stuff to go in the uh, in, in the panel itself. Uh, it's really quite a dynamic time in this market for electronics. It's a dynamic time all over. I mean, what's yeah. interesting is all of us in the industry are concerned as to what fuel prices mm -hmm. is doing to us. And, and I can't say that as an exhibitor here, I wasn't at all... I uh, wasn't a little bit worried, at least, that people wouldn't arrive. No. Um, and uh, I must say, I, I drove up and down the, the North 40 and the camping, e the camping area and the parking areas several times before the show to see what was mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. When I first arrived on Friday, of course, there were about four planes there, and I was immediately worried, and that was three yeah. days before the show. Right. But by Sunday, it was full, yeah. and it was fuller than last year, and we've seen tremendous traffic walking around. And uh, I'm, I'm very comforted mm -hmm. that well, uh, there's so many aircraft still here. Amy mentioned that they uh, started turning away aircraft for camping uh, and that that will change because there's an ebb and flow sure. here. Yeah, we're, we're at the turning point right about now. But I also heard that there are pretty pretty strong crowds of airplanes up at Appleton and down at Fond du Lac, which are two alternates that a lot of people go uh, into. Overflow, whatever. So, uh, uh, yeah, I've had friends who've even avoided that and ended up in Green Bay and uh. and all over the place just where rental cars are. Yeah, ah, they just so wanted to see Lambeau Field. And yeah, that's true. It. <laughs> one last time. No, the, and, and one of the reasons, of course, that they did, as Amy noted, closed uh, uh, the North 40 earlier in the week, there are some wet spots out there that uh, no one wants to taxi their airplane into, so they're roped off. Those will dry out by the end of the week. Yeah. And it's highly likely they could fill up again this, this weekend. More they than could, likely the if the weather holds <coughs> like it yeah. has so far. Uh, yeah. we've, seen, we've, we've seen and heard a lot of aircraft leaving today. There'll be more coming in this evening. Sure. I can see the arrivals over on the exactly. east west one way. And tomorrow, as Scarlett would say, is another day. That's right. <laughs> and we're going to be leading into a weekend. So yeah. you know, if, Friday if, will be yeah. If the weather busy. holds the rest of the week, um, we'll be fine. I, there's a... Um, Jeb is being, you, 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 I don't know if you're hearing little noises every now and then, but Jeb is fighting a pitched battle over here with some sort of that insect. It just, just wants to land on my leg and it's driving me nuts. Well, that's because you're such a sweet guy. Well, I, it's an I, FAA I, fly at night. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> by the way, by the way. There's a ramp that. check. One, one, of, one, of the, uh, I, I, one of the untold stories here, uh, irrespective of what you might think of um, the agency as a whole or, and or some of the people who have populated it over the years, 
2008 is the 50th anniversary of UCAP's favorite aviation agency. That's right. That's right. The, the FAA. And it's it's a momentous occasion. I think we ought to mark it. And, and you know, hats off to... Uh, and if, uh, there's, if there's anything in the country yeah. that makes the FAA really stand out for the great work that they do, it is. the great work they're capable Oshkosh. of doing, it's their handling of traffic mm -hmm. here at Oshkosh. It's awesome. They've got about 60 controllers handpicked for their excellence in other parts of the country. They're drafted, they're brought in here, they're fed bratwurst and cheese, and pretty soon they're out there manning the uh, uh, arrival route from uh, uh, Ripon to Fisk. Uh, we have three runways operating here simultaneously most of the time. One, eight, three, six, left and right. Four and if you count seven. Pioneer. Right. Four if you count Pioneer. Five if you count uh, the farm, the ultralight area. Oh, I thought you were counting that one. Okay, No, yeah. no, not counting the farm. Yeah. 927, 1836 right, 1836 oh, yeah, left. Yep. Uh, Pioneer and the ultralight farm. Yeah. Yep. And you know, with all of this, you listen to them talk and there's a, a calmness and a warmness that's amazing. And you arrive and they have, well, they're so busy and yet yeah. they still have time to say, have a great time, well, welcome, welcome to Oshkosh, et They, cetera, they et realize how special it is. Uh, thoughts here about, about the, uh, the week so far or what you're expecting? Well, I'm expecting that uh, with uh, a beautiful weekend coming up, we're going to see a lot more people. Um, I haven't had an opportunity to really uh, watch some of the performers. I, I see there's a lot of interesting new performers here this year that I, I'm keen to see, such as the Red Bull helicopter. Um, so that's what I'm looking looking forward to most that's for great. the uh, rest great. of the week. And of course, spending time with friends. That's right. So we want to get your phone number so you can join us in the regular virtual virtual hangar one of these days. We'd love to have Absolutely. you uh, uh, join us like that. And love uh, to do it. for people who are listening on the radio and on the live feed, what's your booth number here so they can come by and uh, visit you? I am in Hangar C, and the easiest way to find me is at the northwest corner Hangar C. So please and, come visit. And your business is called Scheme Designers. Scheme Designers. We design and your paint And he's talking about paint jobs here and not some uh, Wall Street that's right. right. We designed the paint schemes. That's right. <laughs> Not the Wall Street masses. You're listening to a special episode of Uncontrolled Airspace. For those of you listening live here in Oshkosh or on the Internet, we do a new episode of this podcast every week, and we'd love to have you listen in the future. And you can do that by going to our website at www.uncontrolledairspace.com or by searching for us on Google or in the iTunes store. And remember that you don't need an iPod to listen to podcasts. You can enjoy them on any portable music device or on your desktop or laptop computer. We'll be back with more. You're listening to a special episode of Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. Broadcasting live from Whitman Regional Airport, this is Air Venture on EAA Radio, Oshkosh. Hi, we're back. It's live radio. Whoa. This is a special episode of Uncontrolled Airspace. We're on the deck uh, out on the flight line at AirVenture 2008. It's a beautiful, boy, the weather has just been awesome so far this year. Uh, it's been a little bit humid, but the days have been beautiful. We had a little thread of thunderstorms last night. Had a great light show. Yeah, we'd have a light show, but it kind of petered, it kind of skimmed on bias, and uh, we didn't. We got some rain, but nothing really disastrous. Just yeah. enough to keep the dust down yeah, in that's the right. morning. Yesterday that's right. was pretty humid, but uh, some, some storms came through the area last night. This morning, yeah, a lot was, lower. We humidity. had some politicians in town yeah. yesterday. That a lot raises lower the humidity, humidity hot air. time. And um, uh, a breeze, constant breeze all day. This morning, there wasn't a cloud in the sky. 
it doesn't get much better than this. That's right. That's right. Hey, joining us now on the deck is another friend of the podcast, or one of our one of our regulars is James Winbrand. Hi, James. One How you doing? Regular, I'm doing great. How could you not be doing great I here know. at Air Venture? And we've had a wonderful year so far, and uh, we've been working pretty hard too, haven't I know. we? Yeah, yeah. So how? You, so what, what's going? What have you liked here so far? Uh, one of the stories you covered for the newspaper, I'm going to ask you about in a minute. Um, but uh, assuming that's not what you mentioned first, why don't you tell us something that you think is interesting here? I think the most interesting thing that I've seen here w- was the forum with Bert Rutan and Richard Branson. Yeah, I don't know if you were able to hear. We, we talked about that a little bit just a little while ago. But okay, you were there in the repeat. room. Tell us yes. about that. I mean, what was your what was sort of the, your impression of the tone of that and the the energy of that? It was electrifying because it was science fiction, but it's reality, and you can't deny that they have achieved what they said they would do, and now they've laid out the next path. They're talking about we're building this space station. It's going to be a resort hotel in orbit and in the future we're not only going to do suborbital we're going to go orbital and then we want to send people around the moon and back and we think we can do it in this lifetime and rutan is there and you got to take him at his word and then you got sir richard branson there who's funding it and has the power to put up the bucks to make it happen and who believes in it and Richard, Sir Richard, bringing up about his mother being there, and she's booked aboard when they That's start cool. the commercial flights. And what was great is they said they're, you know, that they're bringing space uh, White Knight Two here next year is great. But when they're ready to do the first of the commercial flights, they're going to do it from here. Yeah. And Rutan saying we're going to make six astronauts here after the air show one evening. That's great. <laughs> that's, that's pretty. Great. That's yeah. pretty fi- fantastic. That's very cool stuff. One of the prettiest detail bonanzas I've seen in a while. Absolutely stunning. Really Just stunning. stunning. Job. And and that that pings on one of the things real quick and dirty. We had a number of mass arrivals here this week. Uh, mm-hmm. James got to, uh, to to work on a couple of them. We had a over 100 Bonanzas come in. We had about 100 Cessnas come in together. Uh, I don't know how many RVs there were. There were about 60 Comanches celebrating the Comanches' 50th anniversary. Uh, we had the uh, Air Venture Cup racers come in in mass the other evening. Uh, Moonies. And the Mooney the Mooney masses. <laughs> You're not going to let us forget the Mooney. The Mooney acts. <laughs> I'm just going to see if just you pick up on that. that in. Yeah, I know, I know. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, it's it's a sight like nothing else to look off to the south horizon and suddenly see you know dozens and dozens of these little dots with their landing lights on twinkling in the daylight and watch them get bigger and bigger and then landing two and three and four at a time on the runways and just boom 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 uh, pretty much without incident this year too, which is always nice. Which is always preferable. Yeah, yeah. Hey, everywhere you look, there's something to see, something aviation to see. It's yeah. we got a new tower here. We have a new tower. Sure. I was going to mention that that we we talked about. We've had it last year, of course. We had the structure. We had was the there. structure. It wasn't an operation. Like about two, well, three quarters, two thirds of the structure was there. The original schedule was that they were not going to be completed. They were not going to be operational this at this time. But they got ahead of schedule. Um, FAA got ahead of schedule. I know, I know. So uh, shocked, shocked. So they, uh, but they uh, are, are operating out of the new tower, and it's very exciting. Now, the the the, the bittersweet part to me, anyways, they're going to tear down the old. Is tower. they're going to tear down the old tower? Well, have and you shared with listeners your plans well, for I, the old I, tower? I, I was going to, as a matter of fact. <laughs> well, maybe I shouldn't. I don't know. I'll give you a minute. <laughs> now, in 
here's the thing. When when Tom Pobrezny came on this podcast, I think like a year ago. It was a year. Okay. Just over a year. And we were talking about the fact that the old tower is going to be demolished. And Jeb made a really, really good suggestion, which is that they should save some of these bricks and sell them as a fundraiser for FAA or some good charity. Uh, and I, many members, myself, Jeb, yeah. and others, would pay some money to have a brick as a keepsake. Unfortunately, to they've determined that it's not. But practical. that's not going to happen. All right. Yeah. The, for various, um, you know, whatever practical reasons and whatnot, they're not going to make the bricks available well, to us. And I just think we need to. So we yeah. were talking the other day. So they're going to tear the building down anyways. I mean, it's not right. like this. Right? So I'm thinking like we go out. At, move it somewhere. We go out yeah. at like 2 o'clock well, that's in the morning. how it got here. It got moved yeah. from the yeah. end that's of the true. field. That's true. We, we get one of them little spelunker, you know, pickaxe hammers, and we go out at 2 o'clock in the morning, and we get ourselves a little brick out of the corner. What's the harm? <laughs> and, that, and, that, and that last name is H-O-G-S-O-N, and uh, if you contact well, us, we'll tell you where he hides. We, we, we will then, make sure that you get in direct contact. Contact with Mr. Hodgson. Then Randy pointed out to me that the building is actually still an active FA federal building, and that you know it wouldn't be like you know, you know Tom Pobrezny frowning it's, at me. It would be like, like you know Leavenworth. It's <laughs> not like rolling your ex girlfriend's house. Okay? Yeah, exactly. And you so, know, when they're, they're, Kansas is a nice place, but I would recommend accommodations right. other than. So Leavenworth. I'm probably going to resist the impulse to grab one of the bricks here, which is sad because I would love to have one of these bricks. Well, but oh well. I, I'm not one to take no for an answer, and I don't think this one's over with. Yeah. Yet, okay. So, well, we'll. We'll see, if we well, can we'll do. see what we can, we can do. do. But the new tower is spectacular, and uh, I did get a chance to, last year when it was it was as complete as it was. I got a chance to climb up to the top and, and check out the view from up there. Was the cab even on it? Yet? No, no, no. As a matter of fact, even the, even the top couple stories weren't there yet. Right. Um, wow. But nevertheless, it was a spectacular view at that point, and it must be doubly or you know much more spectacular. Well, now. well when I came in, it was kind of quiet here. It was IFR, so not a lot of frequency traffic so i asked uh, the controllers how they like the new tower and they say oh fantastic yeah yeah i mean you know the point of it is to be able from the tower to see all of the important places around the airport and the flip side of that is of course you can see the airport from there right. you, can you can see, see the from, tower right. from all over right. the well, it was down so. at uh, the farm uh, the ultralight area this morning talking to the uh, to, to the old bud of mine frank beagle who's at, uh, in his 28th year announcing the action in the ultralight area mm -hmm. uh, and uh, standing up on the announcer's platform there and looked back and I could see the tower. You can't see the old tower from down mm -hmm. there. And Frank said, oh yeah, that's our new, uh, that's our new yardstick. The tower is at pattern height. For the ultralight area. Oh, is it really? <laughs> so if they're looking up at you from down here, you so know So they just put the cab wrong. on the horizon right. and they're at the right height. That's great. That's good. That's great. So that's one of the new things. That's one of the very dramatic things. What else is going on here? They had a really, speaking of big things, they had a big airplane here for 24 hours. Uh, the uh, Boeing Dreamlifter. Right. Which is this, this modified uh, uh, 747. 747-200 freighter. Uh, and what's its its planned mission is for carrying parts from what? The, the 787 Dreamliner. Yeah, That's okay. why they called it the, the Dreamlifter. Dream I see. So they're manufacturing these parts, large components, all over the country or world, world. or whatever. All over the world. And then they bring them to wherever it is they assemble this. Well, thing. for the, the example, they built the, the uh, cockpit and cab section of the uh, uh, of the Dreamliner at uh, Spirit Aerosystems in Wichita. Used to be the Boeing Wichita Division. Uh, this is a composite fuselage. That airplane will be flying into the runway at McConnell Air Force Base, which is uh, adjacent to the Spirit Aerosystems factory. That entire cockpit and cab section will be loaded as one piece into that aircraft and then flown to Everett, 
Washington, where they assemble the aircraft in a in a plant adjacent to the seven four seven seven six seven plant and triple seven plant. Yeah. So, and now does that does the front open of that? The back. Does the back? back the back, back opens. opens. They didn't do it here. Apparently, they, there's a there's a, a a support. Yes. Quite an elaborate device that supports the tail when they hinge it off to the side. Uh -huh. And they didn't have that device here, so they couldn't open the tail. But and uh, I wanted to register a complaint. I mean, uh, when uh, Airbus which can be an ugly word in some parts of the country right now, when they brought in their big super guppy, mm -hmm. which does the same job with their airplane parts they from Spain. They let people walk through it, didn't they? Well, they not only let people yeah. walk through it, they opened it up. I understand they're not opening it up, but they did flybys here. Yeah. Yeah. And Boeing brought the airplane in and touched down, and then they pushed it back. It was interesting seeing it get ready to leave last night. They pushed it backward. Up one eight, so it could take off. Because yeah. there's no place for it to turn around. No place wow. to for it to yeah, turn around. yeah, it's a big aircraft. Well, I like that they left it sitting out there, as they do tend to with the, the larger and interesting aircraft, and build up the drama as they just sit there waiting for departure. <laughs> yes, <It's> great. <laughs> it took a little while. It took a little while. So, James, another story that I think you covered for the for the AirVenture Today Daily uh, was the big news out of Eclipse. Yes, uh, uh, the dramatic big news. It was news out of Eclipse? Yeah. I'm shocked. What this this was genuinely well? a surprise. I mean, we don't get many surprises at this thing. Uh, people who pay attention, you know, people who are journalists usually have sniffed things out before they're announced. But I think this one was a surprise to everybody. Yeah. And the news was... It tell was Vern Rayburn's resignation as president, CEO, effective immediately of Eclipse Aviation. The press conference was scheduled for 8 a.m. Monday morning. Monday morning. First thing, starting off the air show, he stepped up there, said, well, every time I come here, I'm reminded of the lyrics of the Emerson Lake and Palmer song. Welcome, my friends, to the show that never ends. For me, the show is ending. Yeah. I hereby announce my resignation as president and CEO of Eclipse Aviation, effective immediately fell right on his sword. You didn't even hear the sound of the gasp of pain from him saying I that could almost picture the piano spinning around when we did the EOP concerts all those years. That's right. That was cool, isn't it? Yep. So what was the, 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 the crowd gasp or were they silent? People or? were kind yeah, of, was, they were silent and waited for him to go on and he didn't pause for reaction. He just continued on and talked about this is the way it is. He continued, after that he said, the good news is we have our found our next round of funds which was what was his resignation was required to receive contingent yeah. and now, for for people not not really following eclipse in that part of the marketplace this is a big deal i mean Vern rayburn was the company he was very much the company he was the image of the new revolution of general aviation its potential it was their concept for the very light the, jet DLJs. got it got the yeah. concept where it is today with the uh, citation mustang and the piper jet that's coming along right now in the pipeline uh which helps spawn uh, spin well, off the, the well, personal jets that we've got coming in the, the phenom obviously 100 from yeah. embraer keep, keep in mind also though that um irrespective of who actually did it there's been a lot of hype in this in this VLJ market, whether it's a result of Eclipse marketing, Cessna, Piper, um, I don't think we, we can hang the, any of that on the other guys. No, we can't. I don't think but we can hang any of that on the other guys. But the punchline is, there's probably not enough market out there yeah. for all of these different aircraft. Now we have to take a break in just a minute here. But here's my question: um, We've talked about Eclipse on the podcast over the last couple of years. It's clear that they were struggling. 
uh, and, and having some troubles. Is this better for them, or, or is it just... It's not worse. Yeah. It remains to be seen. It remains to be seen. It, the, the idea of bringing in fresh new capital at, at this critical juncture... At this critical juncture is... Uh, I don't know. We just Hello, go we're, every, we're not hearing ourselves in our heads. Oh, there we go. There we go. We're at, back at now. At this critical juncture in the, in the aircraft's uh, development and manufacture, they need the money. Uh, they're, they're sending out incomplete airplanes. They uh, need... There, there's rumors out there uh, of demonstrating some level of financial difficulty. Yeah. One could say they do need a change of yeah. management, that this is, as uh, Peeper, who has now taken over, said, all companies go through this from the period of the creativity and the development yeah. to the more focus on management excellence and operational excellence. Now it's our turn. Yeah. They weren't getting airplanes out the door. Those that were going out the door, we know, are not as they're, they're not ready supposed for prime to be. They're not, they're not ready, ready for, for prime time. time. They need something to happen. Yeah. They're, no they're matter how you feel about the, door, the guy. But they're not ready. Not, no matter how you feel about the guy, though, there is no denying and never will be that Vern Rayburn, in his 11 years at Eclipse and starting the company, has left an indelible mark on GA yeah. that will go on far beyond him. He's basically right. created Definitely. this very light jet market. And... Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the, the final chapter in it has not yet been written. That's right. That's right. We've got to take a break. We'll be back with more. You're listening to a special episode of Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. EAA Radio, heard around the pattern and around the world. Joining us now in the uh, on the deck in the virtual hangar is another friend of the podcast, Randy Defoe's here. Hi, Randy. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. So you also have been wandering around the grounds covering things for AirVenture today. Have yeah. you seen? What have you seen that you liked? I don't know how much you've been able to hear. But you've been, although you've been sitting up here, the the hearing is a little bit weird. <laughs> but uh, but tell us what what what's notable for you this week so far. Well, I, I I'm a big fan of the uh, of the vintage airplane, and, yeah. and so I. I tend to gravitate to that area and have had a chance to talk to a couple of uh, a couple of owners and restorers uh, one of the uh, one of the key ones this year is is the only Boeing model 40 that's yeah. flying that's uh, that, that's that's a stranger where is that Randy I it's uh, it's row parked 57. over in, row 57 yeah, <laughs> row 57 and vintage um, Really, just right behind the uh, red barn, or just yeah, a little I, I, west I of the. I spent some time over there earlier in the week. I just haven't been back, and I haven't seen it. It's yet, just so. just south of the theater in the woods. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So yeah. this is a, this is an odd airplane. It's a it's a largish biplane. It's a cabin biplane. There's actually a, apparently four seats in the cabin. Only two. Two in the cabin, but the, but it's an enclosed cabin. But then for the passengers. For the passengers, but then. To, to the rear of the cabin on top of this big fuselage is an open cockpit, and that's where the pilot sits. And it's just bizarre. It's like I, I just keep picturing like a 747 where the pilots <laughs> sit on a bubble on top towards the rear it's of the Designed airplane. by the Russians. Yeah. 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 Hey, Fareed, can we get the, the hand mic up, please? There you go. I'm sorry, James. Go ahead. But it is like the English cabs you'd see in the old Sherlock Holmes where two people are sitting in the front and the guy's in the back up high whipping the horse. Yeah. <laughs> Standing out there in the weather. Yeah. 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 That's right. Earning his pay. Right. Yeah. Well, so what's, the a, what's that airplane's story? Well, it's a, it, it was a purpose-built uh, airmail airplane. Yeah. It hmm. was built specifically to support the contract airmail service. Yeah. Uh, and um, coast to coast, and in fact, in September, they are uh, that airplane along with two others 
uh, are going to reenact the uh, New York to San Francisco uh, airmail wow. route uh, with stops, I believe, in the traditional spots where where the plane stopped, and uh, and their hope is to actually land on Chrissy Field, which is just next to the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco, huh. which was uh, the original western termination of the Air, uh, Continental I, Air Mount. I Air know. Route. They've got a national park there. The, it is. I've been there. And uh, they are working with the Park Service. Of course, the, uh, uh, the owner of the airplane, Addison uh, Pemberton, out of Spokane, uh, Washington, Said, I'm not going to do that till I get a chance to walk it out first and see if you yeah, know if this yeah, is going to yeah, yeah. work out. But uh, apparently, it is preserved as an open field, so uh, so uh, they're they're going to shoot for that. Uh, cool. But uh, but that's coming up in September, and um, uh, with some coverage from uh, they got some sponsorship from the U.S. Postal Service. I I, I would assume they're actually going to carry the mail. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Look at but the airplane picture. crashed into a mountain. Uh, when it was practically new in 1928, and uh, they got up the mountain and recovered uh, the uh, the engine off of the airplane. That was uh, apparently more valuable than the rest of it, and left and, the and rest of it there. The engine and the data plate. Yeah, no, the data plate was still there. Was it? Yeah. yeah. And uh, no, no, no. This is this was in 1928. I they went. I they understand. went. And got the engine. Uh, and um, more recently here, they went up and got the rest of the remains. <laughs> yeah. and, and the original intent was to make a crashed airplane museum display out of it. Oh, really? You know, it was, you know, here's this mail plane flying across the country, and it crashed into a mountain in Oregon, and here's what it looked like. You know, it's, it's interesting you bring that up. I, I, about a year or so ago, I uh, was present for a presentation by uh, vice chairman of the NTSB, Bob Sumwalt. And he is not only a pilot and uh, a safety advocate, but he's also a stamp collector. And he, for some somehow, he got tied into the Postal Service archives and had uh, examples of mail from the 30s and 40s that was stamped um, something like involved in aircraft crash and the mail is damaged and and it's you know some of them might not even be readable but it was it was very poignant uh because it was stamped with a date and place of the accident wow and um um just shows you know what a lot of people went through back in those days yeah oh heavens yes david you seem to be looking longingly at an airplane that taxied by a few minutes ago what was that i was an old piper pacer very well done one very well done uh mm -hmm. red and cream uh i think piper called that uh, apache white or something uh -huh. like that and uh, -huh. uh, uh and, and looking behind us there's a uh, a field full of different home-built aircraft many of them show winners there's a couple of breezies here uh-huh and, and we're right at the, the golden hour, so it's just the gorgeous. fastest yeah. Piper Cherokee in the world is sitting out here, and that is a a Piper Cherokee. A Piper Cherokee. Okay, <laughs> that's, the, that's the fastest Cherokee 140. That's a Cherokee 140. Well, that, right. that's what I was going for. Right. Okay, there we go. I'm and sorry. Uh, yeah, uh, considerable modifications, and yeah. it goes like no Cherokee. That that's a so Cherokee. Really? 110 goes like stink. Goes about 150 miles an hour. Wow. Wow. On, on an 0320. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking uh, of home builders, another one of those big stories. I don't know. Has this happened yet? They were uh, EAA was planning to celebrate. Uh, they've calculated that the 30,000th 30, home build aircraft will be 
finished they're gonna, they're this gonna week. Designate a, a thirty thousand. And they're going to. It's already been here. designated. Has it? Yeah. And did uh, you attend that? Uh, the uh, the plaque will be awarded tomorrow. Uh-huh. Uh But the aircraft was uh, was chosen. Unfortunately, the FAA has no way to tell you that this is the thirty thousandth home built. I'm shocked. Uh, gosh. <laughs> Isn't that like the first baby born in the new year? Yeah. yeah, kind of, yeah. You know, so. Pick, pick one and let's move on. Yeah. Yeah. So who'd they pick? Do we know? Yeah, they did. Uh, picked a, um, uh, a, a gentleman out of a brand new RV9A, a uh, gentleman out of Yuma, Arizona. Randy's digging into his reporter <laughs> notebook here to find <laughs> the, uh, make, make sure I get stretch, it. stretch, stretch. Sure, I get his name right. Well, anyway, it's a it's a cute little uh, uh, blue and white um, RV nine uh, A. And was the family uh, involved in building? Oh, absolutely. Something? The uh, the the key thing is 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 um, all. This was uh, the typical, I think, home built project. They started about three years ago. And uh, and um, built this in their two-car garage. Bob Knoll, oh, very out of cool. out of Yuma, out of Yuma, Arizona, and they finished the airplane on February first. Uh, flew it about two weeks later, and uh, and he's got a hundred hours on it already. Wow! Flew it up here with his seventeen-year-old daughter, mm-hmm. who took her check ride on her seventeenth birthday. How cool! Great! And uh, that's terrific. In, in the RV nine. I don't think so. <laughs> I, 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 you know, honestly, I didn't ask the question, but yeah, I don't think yeah, so. Yeah. And uh, well, they're, they're flying a lot of ultralights down at uh, down at the farm today. Yeah, too. yeah. yeah it's a great. The wind sport. finally died down. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, I, it's it. It was uh, what had happened is since they couldn't, since the FAA couldn't tell anybody who the thirty thousandth was going to be, uh, if your airplane, if if your home built was certificated in 2008, and you came to AirVenture 2008, uh, you had the opportunity to register your airplane to be the honorary 30,000. Cool. And, and then uh, they pulled a number out of hats? And then they, uh, they pulled up. Yep. Interesting thing to me, you drive by the Vans aircraft stand, and it says 5,700 and some odd flying. <laughs> and I'm sure that number's gone up since they printed that sign. Yeah. You think about it, 30,000 home-built aircraft registered, and fully 20% of them are RVs. RVs. Well, there's another 20% in there because 30,000 represents about 20% of the general aviation fleet. Wow. Yeah. So 20% of GA airplanes are home-built, and 20%... (laughs) So the whole belts are vans, are vans airplanes. So, so all, all my old friends who 20 years ago were telling me this home building thing would never be more than a little blip on the horizon. I'd just like to offer a late coming follow up. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so what's what's yet to come this week? Oh my. What are we looking oh. forward to? Well, we've got the FAA acting administrator coming tomorrow. Oh, that's he's, right. He's here. Actually, he's here already. He's here. Yeah, he's yeah, actually he's been here for a couple of days for, for the annual grilling. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and so I assume, I know earlier you were talking about the 51% rule. Don't want to oh. sort of beat a dead horse. But what else is, uh, what, what do you think they're going to hit him with? They're going to hit him with the comment period. They're going to hit him with changing the, the rules in the middle of the game. They're going to hit him with not coming through with the grandfathering commitment that they made. And that's just the opening statement. <laughs> They're going to hit him about uh, uh, 
whether they're going to continue to improve the performance of flight service under the contract with mm -hmm. Lockheed Martin. Uh, they're going to hit him about uh, uh, the AIP funds that uh, the administration didn't want, but Congress does want. Uh, well, what about the sort of collusion with the former administrator with the user fee issue and, and looking for user fees and not really seeming to deal with in a fair hand with general aviation? Well, she was a product of her environment, as so many of us are in our upbringing. And interestingly enough, when uh, uh, we're talking about Marion Blakey here, the, the, the last confirmed administrator. By the way, has anybody seen her here yet? That's right. She, she's, she's supposed, supposed to be here. Very public I, I, commitment I, last year. Think, I forgot about that. I she think left, she, she is a buddy, buddy of mine who happens to be friends with her. Uh, after her departure from the FAA, yeah. spoke with her earlier in the week, and she is supposed to be here. I don't know if she is finally here. I will find out for either Friday or Sunday's okay. episode. We need to get her into the hangar for Sunday morning. But yeah. she left. She left the FAA and went to work for the Aerospace Industries Association, yeah. where they seem to be opposed to user fees. What a surprise. Who to funk it? Yeah. <laughs> what else are we expecting the rest of the week? we got F-22 Raptor coming flying in the air show tomorrow. That's right. we got the Lieutenant Dan Band with Gary Sinise, the well, actor, but they're competing. Friday night. They're, they're competing with I want with to see that helicopter. I missed it. Is he going to be here As still? I understand it, he's going to perform a couple more times this week. you got to check it out. It's unbelievable. Oh, it's we crazy. Yeah. Um, we're we're we, supposed we, to get my Osprey, but I'm starting to lose faith. No, <laughs> just you know, bet against it. <laughs> so I'm glad I got a Take chance to, to Vegas. see it down in Florida. I don't Florida. understand why we can't go. Oh, well, okay. they told us it was going to be here, and then they said it's not going to be here till Thursday. It, they have not said yep. what year. Yep. The, 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 the MV-22 is like cell phone technology. It is not finished. <laughs> and it does cost you more when you go over the minutes. <laughs> I see. I see. What else? Well, the jet pack is supposed oh, to come fan, back. Yeah, the fanny pack, let's call it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's supposed to fly uh, theoretically after the air show, at the end of the air show tomorrow, Thursday. Yeah. So we'll, we'll check that one out, too. Right. And uh, what else? Well, today, of course, we had Cirrus come in with the Vision SJ-50, which is their personal jet. Yep. Made yeah. its world debut. Uh-huh. And quite an impressive display of it uh, making its arrival, a flyby, and then coming up would to a flyby. Would Piper a flyby? Would Piper fly its jet out? Yeah. Yep. Mm. A now couple. Piper. Of, meanwhile, huh? Piper today. made no, its first no, no. flight they down to our beach on before. Yeah. Yeah. we got to wrap this thing up. A couple of real quick things here. We, of course, are going to have Podcast Palooza on Friday afternoon if you're in town. Uh, Dave, you're going to be talking at the Affordable Flight Center on Saturday and Sunday. Saturday what, and Sunday. 1 p.m. and 10 p.m., right? That 10, 10 a.m. on Saturday <laughs> and 1 p.m. The other way around. The other way around. And we're going to be back Sunday morning for another episode of, uh, of Uncontrolled Airspace. Real quickly, I want to thank a whole bunch of people, um, uh, Fareed Gio and Jim Gray from EA Radio and the whole gang have been, once again been terrific hosts, and we thank them very, very much. Uh, I want to thank uh, Craig Barnett and Amy Loboda and James Winbrandt and Randy Defoe for joining us here in the hangar. Thank uh, you. And, of course, uh, Jeb and Dave, and I'm Jack, and uh, I guess that's enough talking for now. Uh, let's go flying. Absolutely. <laughs> Gentlemen, hit it. About dawn, I came down and found my gate and gone. I got the adventure blues. I got the adventure blues from my head to my shoes. Lord, I 